And I'll tell you guys since we're, since we're all friends. Every character I write has a piece of me in them. Hi, I'm Lee Bardugo, and you're listening to The Grisha Cast. Welcome to Grisha Cast, episode 55. In this episode, we are covering chapters 3 and 4 from the book King of Scars. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moi Savienyi casters. Hello. Hi. Hi. We are back. We are back. So, uh, we got some cities. We do. We First, do. First, we have Antalya, Turkey. Ooh, thank you. Thank you. And then we also have Billings, Montana. Thank you so much. That's I awesome. bet it's so pretty there. I bet. Is it a winter wonderland right now? Uh, Please tell us that it's a winter wonderland. Let us know. Yeah. Because it sounds gorgeous. It does. I love snow. So. I like to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really pretty to watch. Yeah. I don't like to be out in it, but. Well. Yeah. yeah. So for those of you asking how you can help, we would greatly appreciate tips. A dollar goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Your tips will help us to continue to bring you the Grisha cast. You can Venmo a tip to at B-O-D-H-I-M-M. Or cash app Dallasan B-O-D-H-I-M-M. <laughs> also, leaving a review on your podcast platform, liking and following us on our socials, especially our YouTube channel, would make us so very happy. Thank you all. Yes, thank you to all that's already doing all of those things. We greatly appreciate you. We do. You guys are so special. Thank you. You make our hearts happy. Yes. And we all are so happy because it's like the Grishaverse year. (laughs) (laughs) It is. (laughs) It really is. Like, we're getting so much. And it's just, it's kind of like all coming to a head right now. Yes. We're getting there. So... How exciting. It is exciting. So, uh, how was your week? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh? Um, there was a lot. It's been a very busy week. I've run on very little sleep. Mm. Um, I launched a business on Monday. Go, girl. <laughs> Work that. I did. I am selling handmade soaps. And the website went up earlier this week. And oh, so that- I've been busy... Putting in our, you know, sending out all the orders, and <laughs> it's been a successful week. Um, but it's very busy because classes also started at work, and classes started for me, <laughs> and the kids went back to school. Wow! So it's been very, very little sleep for me this week. <laughs> that is so awesome. We will make sure that I guess we weren't prepared this time, but we'll make <laughs> sure that we put that like your your website up on Ooh. the on the screen next time so people can go and get some of your smelly nice soaps and if anyone has any design ideas for how we can do a grisha soap for april to celebrate the tv show coming out then email us info at grishacast.com because i am planning on having one soap for that month out available to the public and I haven't quite designed it yet. So within the next three weeks, if you come up with some lovely design, then let me know. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe you, we'll give one away. You know what I just realized? When you just said that, like, so the show's coming out in April, and that's also Lee's birthday. Yes. And my birthday. 
And you're, wow. <laughs> so we've got a lot going Yes, on. there is a lot going on in April. <laughs> it's a very busy month. It's going to be great. Yes. Uh, so real quickly, do you want some tea, girl? Of course. So you want your chai, right? Of course. Oh, wait, I no, want... no, no, no. You wanted. You oh, a... I need a little caffeine. You need some caffeine. Yeah. So we're going to give you a little caffeine. You're going to have the special little teacup. I know. <laughs> Fancy, fancy. That's my favorite. Thank you for serving me tea. Yes. Do you have any other tea to serve me? Oh, of course. (laughs) And if you want some monk fruit, by the way, it's right here. Use your cute little spoon. And I'm going to use some chai because I definitely don't need any more caffeine right now. (laughs) I've been, I've been definitely drinking some tea. I've been drinking tea a lot. Yes, I have too. It's actually been helping a lot. With my stomach issues. In case you all were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> it really has. Ugh. Yes. Coffee was just really hard on my stomach. Yeah, quitting coffee was um, sad at first. <laughs> but it's been very helpful. Well, I think you... I've been sleeping better, too. Not having so much coffee in my system. So, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it, I feel like it's just easier on my stomach. And it's just like. I don't know. Also, I don't have to deal with coffee breath anymore with my mask. Oh, yeah. That's yes. horrid. Ugh. You know, when you get to be of a certain age, mm. your digestive system just isn't what it used to be. So all of you young folk out there. Like all of our audience. To exactly. We'll tell be you. kind to your tummy. Exactly. <laughs> we will guide you to what it's like to, to grow <laughs> older. Yes. And read fantasy. Yes. <laughs> just uh, escape to magical worlds. It's what you have to do <laughs> to escape your life <laughs> because sometimes it just gets a little hectic out there. That's, well, yes, the world is crazy enough anyway. <laughs> that is so true. And that's exactly why I do read. Did you see that we have these 17 year um, bugs coming in the summer? Oh, those cicada yes, things. Yes, the 17 year oh. ones are coming. This summer, and you know, one plague at a time, people. One yeah. plague at a time, please. <laughs> those things are so nasty. They are. So we haven't had those for seventeen years. No, they're here every year. Okay. Um, but like the third, there's thirteen year and seventeen year, and that's when like the big explosion of them. Like if if so, you've lived through swarms here, uh, yeah, yeah, they're and- loud and they're everywhere, and they get in your hair. And they attack like things that have like motor noises. So if you're out mowing or anything like that, they'll swarm on you. And they have those little like casings. They're little exoskeletons that they leave everywhere. I feel like the last one I remember was high school. Yes, there was one in high school during a graduation (laughs) because I was outside at Starwood and those things are everywhere. (laughs) God, those things are so nasty. I forgot what they're like. They don't hurt you. They're just no. gross. <laughs> yeah, because you step on them. Yeah, you step on them and they because they're like exoskeletons when they like all come at you, it's all like dink 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 and it just and <laughs> I that, just grossed myself out. I know and I hate that <laughs> noise. Like and there's that constant like buzz. Yes. They scream. It's not like the nice soothing like Fan blowing at nighttime. It's not like white noise. It's like bug (sighs) screams. Yeah. God. And so many of them. Well, that's exciting. I know something to look forward to. (laughs) Woohoo. Wow. Because we don't have enough going on. And I didn't think 2020 could have been any worse. 
Um, no, so far we're in like the 13th month of 2020. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's just start over in February and see what happens. Maybe we'll enter 21. Let's someday. count down on on January 31st. Let's uh, let's do the countdown then and go Happy New Year and just pretend January never happened. Down. Let's do it. <laughs> there are some things that I have appreciated about January, but for the most part, it's just a lovely continuation. Yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I just still can't believe we're here still talking about the same stuff. I know, because literally nothing else is going on. I know. <laughs> Otherwise, like, we would have had stories about, like, going out and doing things. We and, haven't like, done anything. No, we literally have not. So, like, we're we're like, hi, yes, it's been a week. Okay, cool. <laughs> And see, it surprises me that we still have listeners because we don't have anything to talk about except the same things over and over again. We, I mean, we are talking about I the mean, Grisha first. And every once in a while, some of the older stories come up that we yes. will talk about. So, Well, and that's what's really exciting, where we are in this whole Grishaverse part. Like, I don't know if you've just loved it, but I've loved all the Easter eggs in King of Scars so far. Like... There are a lot. Yes. In my chapter, there were a lot about like the saints. So I did bring that up in my chapter because especially for you. Oh, girl. I know you like talk about those things, but you know, it's important. It is. So, so yeah, it's, um, it's been fun. Well, let's get started. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Chapter three. Yes. Chapter three. We are following Nina. Hello, Nina. Yes. Nice to have her back. I know, right? Because we haven't heard from her since, I mean, last book, but. <laughs> but some time has passed. Time has passed. So Nina has been working at a cannery for like two weeks now. Hmm. When we first drop in on her, she's gutting fish. Yum. Yeah. She is working under the name Mila Janderstadt. 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 I, I knew that it? Jay was going to mess me up. And yeah. she had to take whatever job she could because she is an unmarried woman in theater. Yeah. And it may, uh, <laughs> when I think about it, and then I forget when I when I started reading this, like where we left off with her and how sad it was. Yes. She's going back to Fyrda to, um, well. It's her voyage. Yes. To- yes. It's her little... Her little self-voyage there. So um, it's also a good location, this little cannery, because um, she needs to get messages out to other Grisha, and she can watch the guards patrolling the harbor. They call these guards Calfisk because Mm. their tentacles are in everything. So it must be some sort of, like, fishy fish in uh, in Fjorda. Um, So the cannery is in a harbor called Elling, and this harbor is used for smuggling often. She arrived in the area with Adric and Leone two months ago on orders from King Nikolai. So we know from that that she did make it to Ravka. Yes. Which is. That's an important. Well, that was her piece. plan. Yes. Exactly. But shows she made it to Ravka. So we know that for sure. Yep. The foreman arrives and moves her to another area because. He says she's too slow, but then we learn it's because she's actually helping Grisha fugitives, and the last of the ones that they had been expecting have arrived. Yay! And see that one, like one thing that like I I want to ask you because I couldn't remember when we ended. Like, did we know that she was gonna like end up working 
prefer like King Nikolai? I don't think so. Okay, because I didn't think so either. I think... And it just... I think... I know she wanted to go to Ravka to help Grisha refugees. And, and she also wanted to go back to Fyrda to dude. bury Matthias and to, yeah. quote, tell them. Right. Like, was, it was like one of his last little like things, like, tell them. Um, So I don't think... I think this is kind of like a surprise for yeah. all of us. I think... I mean, y'all can come back and like tell us that we're wrong. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, but, it, you're right. I mean, it it is a surprise because I mean, she's working for Nikolai. They're like they've got this undercover thing, kind of, mm. and that's just kind of neat. She's an undercover agent. I don't know how she did that. Uh, no, because also remember, like she wasn't like the um, she wasn't like a good like Grisha soldier. Remember, they always say that she's like not subtle, and yeah, right. Yeah. So apparently she's on a team though. Mm. So anyway, back on our little Elling, there is a ship called the Verstotten that is full of Grisha that Adric's team had helped secure. These Grisha that had been in hiding called themselves Hringza after the great ash that is sacred to Jell. Oh. So Hringza are like Grisha that are trying to get out and they're in like hiding. Ah. Oh. Mm. Learning all these new words. I know. Like the, there are so many words in this. There chapter. are. <laughs> <laughs> the plan is once the ship is on its way to Ravka, she would move farther inland to locate more Grisha that are hiding. On her way to the Grisha holding area, she sees a mural of fishermen and happy villagers, but noted that if you looked closely, you could see Alina hanging out in the mural with her white hair. Love it. And so this is where um, there's a nice little quote about the saints. Mm. So I had to put this in here. Yes, you did. <laughs> the saints had never been popular among the people of the north until Alina Starkov had destroyed the fold. Then altars to her had begun to spring up countries far outside Ravka. Fyrdan authorities had done their best to quash the cult of the sun saint, labeling it a religion of foreign influence but still, little pockets of the faithful had bloomed, gardens tended in secret. I love that part. Yeah. The stories of the saints, their miracle and martyrdoms had become a code for the sympathet- those sympathetic to Grisha. A rose for Sancta Lisbetta, oh. a sun for Sancta Alina, a knight skewering a dragon on his lance might be dagger, the bold from some children's tale, or it might be Saint Juris, who had slain a great beast and been consumed by its flames. Even the tattoos that ran over Hillbrand's forearms were more than they seemed. A tangle of antlers, often worn by northern hunters, but arranged in circular bands to symbolize the powerful amplifier Sancta Alina had once worn. End quote. Uh, so there's so cool. like these symbols yes. everywhere. And I just love that gardens tended in secret part. Yeah. I think that's a fun little way to say it. It it is. And it's I just oh, I love and it's so true because the Fjordans don't like Grisha. And but the obviously the shadow fold was just this it was huge and Yeah, it was a problem. It was a it was a big, <laughs> was a pro- big problem. But but did it really was it a big problem for Fjorda? Hold on, I'm looking. Yeah, you can look at that map. I mean, it's like it goes over into Fierda a little bit. So yeah. they dealt with it a little bit. Well, I'm sure for trade and everything else, it wasn't great for them either. Exactly. But so. it's like if somebody came in and just like miraculously 
healed us from the pandemic COVID? that we're in, yeah, then we would think that they were pretty awesome. You're a saint. <laughs> we need Saint COVID. Saint COVID. <laughs> well, we've got to come up with a better word <sighs> term for that. Yes. Yeah, not Saint COVID. No. That, um, Sancta. Sancta uh, or Sancta. Something. Something. Um, Something. <laughs> Sancta Covita. We'll right. come up with it. That sounds like a drag queen name. It actually does. <laughs> and now, coming to the stage, singing Survivor. <laughs> Sancta yes. Covita. Woo! Give it up. Dollar, dollar bills. Yep. Um. All right. So Those boots were made for walking. <laughs> God, I miss drag. Oh, I really do. Yes. Can we just have a drag show on Grisha Cast one day? Just yes. like just I don't know. I wasn't don't know that, how we do that. Wasn't that gonna... Halloween? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was. was. Although I was doing some pretty I was some that was that wasn't you don't like this. I was pretty fishy drag. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Yeah, it's was not, not a great word. I know, but drag queens use it constantly, and you can't get rid of it no matter what. I know you don't like it, but you can't get rid of it. What are you going to do? I think it's starting to, like, not be as popular because more people are having problems with it. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, moving on. So back to Miss Nina here. She (laughs) enters the um, other cannery that's holding the Grisha, but there's a problem. Three Grisha didn't meet their handlers. Nina had told Leone that women don't travel alone, but now they're missing two wives and a daughter, and the papers were for entire families. Oops. So, like, I would be, by the way, just wanted to throw this out there. If I was a Grisha that lived in Fierda, I would be horrified. And I'm wondering Mm -hmm. how they're, like, how they are up there. I mean, I know that it's just, like, because you got to think about it. I mean, like, if so many, like, if it's so not accepted... I mean, they would be flocking to Ravka like they are, you know, trying to like, I mean, it just would be so horrifying living there. You can't show. Any- it's also really, really difficult to get out of Firda. Yeah, we're learning that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Leonie, I don't think we had met her before. She's a fabricator who can match inks for the impossible forgeries. But she is running out of time, and so the plan is that Nina will now have to pose as a wife for one of these husbands that's missing his wife, Enoch. 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 So we learn at this point that she's hearing Matthias. She's having yes. conversations in her head with Matthias. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, like she, she's kind of like talking to him in her head so it's to me it's like a um gray's anatomy danny moment (laughs) maybe she has a brain tumor um it's very true she does could she's just talking to him she does and there's even points where she'll like and it's him it's his voice like if you read it like you can like i mean it's very like i mean it's his mannerisms like the way he hold a conversation but it, every once in a while, she'll like snort and reply to the voice in her head. <laughs> and yeah. other people are like, do you find that funny? And she's like, nah. Yeah. Um, so Matthias is with them. He has been preserved by yeah. Grisha and has been hiding out for two months while she's waiting to find the perfect place to bury him. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just going to start off with like thinking like, okay, let's pretend we're Nina's friends. Like that can't be fun. Okay. No. So one, we're in Fierda. Um, we're already in dangerous territory. Mm-hmm. We're trying to smuggle out Grisha. We're risking our lives, Grisha lives. Yep. And we're also going to bring along a, a corpse. A corpse, yes. That I'm guessing is frozen, preserved. Yes. I mean, there's no way he's put in like a little box. No. This is a... That's got to be impossible. Yes, yes. It's... um. It sounds impossible. It, yes. Um, but. It's very strange. <laughs> no. Um, I just, I, I don't want to laugh at it because it's not funny because I love Matthias. But I mean, it, it's just kind of like sad at the same time. I mean, Nina's just carrying around her dead man. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, and I'm sure her friends are just like. Jesus, girl, can we just like just drop it? Like, let's can just, you please yeah. find a place to bury this man? It's just like a, let a load off. I mean, because because I think they say later on in the chapter. I don't think I included it in my notes, but I think Leone is like helping, like whatever whatever her skills are. Like she's kind of helping to keep him Preserve. preserved, and it's taking a lot out of her. I think is what it was. Is that like Nina says something about like. Through her like hard efforts or difficult whatever, because so, they've got to either be carrying him or dragging him or some. I can't remember, so I'm literally just like going off. Just they like, just put him in hiding. They just put him in like a little in like a in little hiding. Area. He's like Anne Frank. Okay, <laughs> okay, we won't go there. Yeah, sorry. Um, we just went there. We did, so, but um, so the okay. end of the workday bell rings, and they hmm. are out of time. It is time to get to the boat as Enoch's wife. She looks Fjordan because Jinya gave her some icy blonde hair and blue Ooh. eyes and like changed some of her features to make her look more Fjordan. Yes. She recognizes the guard questioning the group heading onto the boat as a thug named Casper. He's oh. not so friendly though. It doesn't sound like He, <laughs> he asked a bunch of them questions. Like where they'll be working, how long have they been here, blah, blah, blah. And when he gets to Enoch, Enoch hands him some money. And Casper's like, cool, see ya. But just as they think they're safe, Captain Berger, who is the most corrupt of all the Calfisk, stops them. Yeah, I know, because that's just their look. Well, of course. He yeah. says, something is off. And this boat... Ain't going anywhere until I've inspected it. Before Casper could blow the whistle to signal the other guards, though, Nina sends bone shards into his throat and yells at Enoch to get out of the boat. She flicks her fingers and the bone shards come back right to her in front of Berger, who, of course, calls her a witch. Okay, like that's way too cool. Right. Like, I mean, I love, I love what Nina's, but like, I mean, she's just this grisha of death. Yes. Like, that's just so cool. Like, I mean, bone shards. And then like, they've like (laughs) actually got them like, and then they come back like. Yeah. Boomerangs. Mm -hmm. Oh, love it. So when he calls her a witch, she responds. I don't like that word. Mm -hmm. Call me Grisha. Call me Zawa. Call me death if you'd like. 
Yes. Which is fun. Work. I, I love that. It also reminds me of like this song that I've kind of claimed as my own. That's um, Creature by Bones UK. Okay. It's a very like, call me this, call me that. It's um, so it reminded me of that. And I just, I like that. Call ah. me death if you'd like. I like that. He responds that there are guns pointed at you, dear. You're never going to kill us in time. Mm. She looks at him and says, but you're already dying. Of course, this is very confusing to all of us and everyone involved. Right. But she can feel these sick cells in him, which we can assume is cancer in his lungs. It, of course, freaks him out. He's like, excuse me? How did you know that? Because she's like, you know, you've been sick. You're coughing up blood. You think that it's this, but it's this, and you're dying. So she uses her power to make the sick cells take over his body <laughs> and he collapses. So wow. she says that he that she like sped up his death. So he's di- he died of cancer just way faster than anybody expected. Another guard approaches, but she drives a bone shard right through his heart. Wow. <laughs> that is some really cool, like, I mean, manipulation of the Grisha power. Yes. So there's Casper, Berger, and this other guard that are just like, bleh, <laughs> on Bye. the dock. Yeah. And they decide that they're going to put all these bodies on board. And when they get out to sea, just dump them out to sea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. They're used to carrying around Nikolai, so I'm, I mean, not Nikolai. Matthias, yeah. Matthias. Yeah. Um, so as the ship is leaving, or as the ship goes on, the three of them, Adric, Nina, and Leone, get on a rowboat to go back to shore, and the ship is on its way to Ravka. They discuss where to go next, since obviously they can't go back to Elling. Right. Nina suggests a place called Kayerut. Kayerut. I- I think that, yeah. Or Gafala. Gafala. Yes. Like I said, there's a lot of names in my chapter. Yeah. There are stories of girls going missing from that area, and Nina is feeling a pull of death there, but she's not going to tell anyone that. Of course not. They agree that that's a good place to go because the thought is that stories of weird things happening could lead them to more Grisha. Right. Missing people. Yeah. Yes. After some quiet... Leone suggests that because it's open country out there, it might be a good place to bury Matthias. <laughs> Hint. <laughs> yes. Like, please. After a little bit, Nina's like, okay, yes, you're right. Adric says, whatever we find in this new place, we're not here to start a war. Nina agrees, but thinks, quote, plans could change. End quote. End of the chapter. Hmm. So... Wow. Yeah. Nina's changed. It's just kind of neat to see how Nina's changed. Yes. And yeah. She says um, there's also something in there about how she um, she's trying to find the Nina that she was before Matthias came along. And right. she doesn't know if that's possible. It probably. Well, she's it's it can't be like, I mean, no, she's completely changed and she's. One, like, I mean, she's the only Grisha in all of history to survive Parem. Yes. (laughs) So that's one thing. I mean, I don't know. It makes me wonder, like, so, I mean, like, if other people survive Parem, like, I mean, so, like, I mean, what would their 
powers be? Because, right, how would it manipulate their powers? Right, like, I mean, what would it do to, like, a squalor or an ethereal kai? Because mm-hmm. she's, like, I mean, it just, because obviously she's a corporal kai. She was, so now hers, she's gone, like, to the complete opposite. It's, like, more about death yeah. than, like, this, it's just, you know? What would it have done to, like, yeah. Alina? <laughs> Or the Darkling. Darkling. Oh, gosh. Lord. We don't need him no, to have any more power. <laughs> we don't need to know what, what happened there. Um, okay, so we're going to travel on to Chapter 4, which is Nikolai. Woohoo! Woo, woo. Okay, so as I always like to start off um, just with the quote and where we the chapter starts. So, despite Zoya's protest... Nikolai had refused to remain in Yvette's. The beginnings of a plan had formed in his mind, and he didn't want to waste another day languishing at a trade summit. He wasn't interested in Hiram Shank or his marriageable daughters, and the next time Nikolai conversed with a member of the Kirch Merchant Council, it would be on his own terms. To that end, though, he had plenty of business awaiting him in the capital. His first stop had to be at Count Kierigans. He needed to collect a bit of information along with his most valued fabricator, and as a rule, if one had the opportunity to visit a pleasure palace, one should, especially if said pleasure palace served as cover for a secret laboratory. End quote. Um, so... For a little bit, when I started that chapter, I thought that Kierigan could be another one of Nikolai's aliases. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because of, like, the weird parties and the right. the science stuff. Like, I for a second, I Absolutely. was like, I could be another um, one of his little aliases. I could. But. And um, I just wanted to let you know that I really wanted to say lab- laboratory. Laboratory. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> God, I heard it on NPR this morning, and it was like some British woman, and I was like, God, it sounds so much better than the Everything way Everything sounds better. I loved it. And then I try to like, I'm like, laboratory. <laughs> laboratory. Laboratory. So anyways, <laughs> um, this chapter has a lot of really crazy information, and I'm crazy with quotes, I know, and I'm crazy with Easter eggs, so deal with me you're either gonna love me or hate me um deal with it yeah let's go so um nikolai's friend kirigan is pretty much just kind of like known as a buffoon um no one takes him really seriously he does come from a lot of money however kirigan bought this piece of land east of azalta and hired a zemini architect who designed a pleasure palace plus a wine cellar that was, like, supposedly a mile underground, and then, like, this lake that always is covered with this heavy mist made by tide makers. So the tide makers, like, made the lake, by the way. That's what I'm saying. Um, And this is all kind of, like, rumored, like, the people of the town. So Kerrigan called this this compound Las Leones, often referred to as the Gilded Bog. The rumors of the parties held there were legendary, but this was all a ruse. I was so happy I got to use that word. By the way. <laughs> um, I thought all of my own. And has it, Have you ever seen Stepmom? The movie? Yes. Okay. I just remember, they use that word in the movie. It's 
It's a big scene. It's a scene. Anyways, so it was a ruse and a large enough ruse vital to Ravka's future. So we got a lot hiding under this, okay? So here is the next quote. I'm sorry, did I spit on you? No. Oh. <laughs> I see you grab for this, like... I was trying to do it while the camera wasn't on you and be all, like, inconspicuous. Oh, and then you had to you go and bring it sa- up. Get your saucer, honey. It's a little messy. I'm just trying to clean it up a little bit. Oh, well. <laughs> you got to use your saucer. I made a little mess. Oh, I make messes all the time. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so next quote. As it turned out, Kerrigan's wine cellar ran for five miles, not one, and it was not a wine cellar at all, but an underground bunker devoted to weapons development. The lake was used for prototypes of undersea craft and Nikolai's new naval warfare ventures. The dense fog that shrouded the valley was frequently helped along by Grisha squalors to provide cover from prying eyes and Furidan air surveillance. The ballooning meadow was, in fact, an airfield. The elaborate gardens hid two long, straight runways for testing experimental aircraft, and the frequent fireworks Kierigan staged disguised the sound of rifle fire and shelling. End quote. So, like... This just really, like, brings us into, like, all of a sudden, I've, it just made me think that there's, like, planes, like, <laughs> just, like, <laughs> really took me out of the Grisha verse for a minute, like, the way it was described for a second, because, like, I'm just, like, thinking about all this, like, military equipment, um, but it <laughs> makes sense because mm-hmm. it's not, it wasn't the way I was imagining it, because, of course... My brain, I'm, like, thinking of, like, some kind of, like, I don't know, Forrest Gump movie. And I'm like, that makes no sense. Why, like... So, anyways, going on. Um, there was no mysterious Zemini architect who did this, by the way. This was all Nikolai's creation. Nikolai visited often through one of his secret entrances to check on the progress of his latest creations. Things. So... This next quote, I just love, love, love. And yet again, sorry for all the quotes. Quote, Nikolai always felt a sense of excitement as he entered the gilded bog. The palace at Azalta was full of ghosts, his father's crimes, his mother's failings, the memory of his brother's body bleeding on the floor as the darkling shadow soldiers smashed through the windows of the eagle's nest. But Les Leon was Nikolai's creation here for a short time the demon that ruled his nights and troubled his dreams retreated held at bay by logic the hope of progress and the happy pastime of building giant things meant to explode but the gilded bog was not only a playground for his inventions it was also where the strength of the first and second armies of traditional traditional weaponry and grisha power would be forged into something new. End quote. Cool stuff, just because it takes us back to remembering about everything going on with the Darkling and everything. So anyways, um, Nikolai and Toya um, get to the front door, and Nikolai is hoping that this fortress, the the Gilded Bog really would be where the first and second army armies could come together and work as one, which really hasn't happened before. We've got to remember where we left off. I mean, 
the first and second armies are two separate mm-hmm. things. They're Grisha and then the army for um, Azalta, for Ravka. Um, so this next quote, Ravka was many things to him, a grand lady who required constant courting, a stubborn child unwilling to stand on its own, and most often, a drowning man. The more Nikolai struggled to save it, the harder it fought. But with the help of the scientists and the soldiers at the Gilded Bog, he might just drag his country to shore yet. End quote. Cool quote. Why? Because <laughs> that is the part. It, I mean, a drowning man is what this section is called. So there's a lot to think about with that. I mean, I don't know. A drowning man. They're referring to it now as Ravka, but I think it also could be thought of almost like this beast that's inside Nikolai as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe Nikolai feels like he's drowning. Um, lots of stuff. So Symbolism. Love it. <laughs> so we're going to bring that part in. So Kirigan greets Nikolai and Tolia and of course, I, I got, he just, he brings up Zoya and he asks how <laughs> Zoya is and Nikolai lets him know that, you know, well, she went back to the capital and it kind of becomes clear that Kirigan thinks Zoya is beautiful along with everybody else. Yes. Get in line. We know she's gorgeous and she's beautiful, stunning. They all discuss how beautiful she is. And Nikolai and Toya warn Kerrigan a little bit about her, we'll say, her strong personality. Yes. Because um, it's a nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> so, next quote. Kerrigan looked aghast, but Nikolai suspected Toya was right. He'd come to recognize the bizarre phenomenon of Zoya's beauty, the way men love to create stories around it. They said she was cruel because she'd been harmed in the past. They claimed she was cold because she just hadn't met the right fellow to warm her, anything to soften her edges and sweeten her disposition. And what was the fun in that? Zoya's company was like strong drink racing and best to abstain if you couldn't handle the kick end quote which i thought was a great way to describe my favorite character so yes and uh it's um it's it's very like real life i have Mm -hmm. often had that in my life (laughs) of um i don't know what to say um i have a very strong personality and it's very difficult for men to deal with yes and they think that it's just because, you know, they're not in my life yet. They can, <laughs> but they, they, they but then once, you. but then once they like become my friend or they attempt to try to be more than my friend, then they realize that that is exactly who I am, and it's not changing, and they run far, far away. So, um, I can, I can, I can feel for her. <laughs> I think they get intimidated by strong. Men get intimidated by strong women. Yes. And it's just a shame because those are my girls. Yes. <laughs> like, those are my besties and those are my bitch. Um, those are my girls. So um, it's just those are the best people. Those are they're, they're great. That's who you need in your life. Those, at least that's who I need in my life. So anyways, um, yes, that is exactly Zoya. Maybe that's why, like, I mean... You're my best friend. Zoya is my favorite character. <laughs> Maybe I'm seeing this connection. Okay. You and do like strong I do. females. I, oh, I grovel over strong females. Yeah. Love it. 
it, it's just ah, <laughs> it ah, I love them, love, love, love. So, um, continuing on, <laughs> uh, Nikolai and Toya move along, and they are riding on their horses around the building. And they just both happen to, like, kind of look inside, and there's, like, a party going on. There's music playing, and um, they happen to just randomly see this naked man wearing only an admiral's hat and playing a large pop with, a like, a drum with a spoon. And um, so Tolia is a little concerned. <laughs> um, he's, like... You know, maybe the crown shouldn't really be hanging around these kind of seedy people. Um, and I think he really does use the word seedy. <laughs> um, but Nikolai does let him, like, know, you know, actually, I this is all, a, like, this is a ruse. But this man, like, I know, like, nobody seems to think Kerrigan is, like, I know he's a buffoon, but he's actually very trustworthy. So there's a past, obviously, that he's got with him where he just trusts him with this much, like, secrets and privacy. Um, it's kind of like the Play Grisha Mansion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, even so, Nikolai thought neither Zoya nor Tolia gave the young count enough credit. Kerrigan's affability and lack of ambition hid a good heart. He was an honorable man with romantic ideas of duty to his country and profound shame over the way his father had conducted himself, something with which Nikolai could sympathize. Nikolai was acutely aware of his own father's reputation. It was one of the many reasons he kept his public visits to Laslion to a minimum. From the moment he'd contemplated taking the throne, Nikolai had known he would have to be a better man than his father and a better king than his brother could have ever hoped to be. Vasily had been killed by the Darkling, and Nikolai had done his best to grieve for him, but the truth was that his brother's untimely death had proved quite timely indeed. Nikolai was pleased to see two ground keepers emerged from the hedges as soon as he and Tolia left the gravel path. Kerrigan's entire staff, from scullery maid to groom to head housekeeper, was made up of the king's spies. Any falcons in the skies, Nikolai called, using the code that would allow them to pass without triggering security protocols. No, but we hear there are foxes in the woods, one of the men replied, and they returned to their work. The codes changed every week and were just one of the ways they kept the real business of the Gilded Bog secured, end quote. So, a little in, I, I like that it went back and, like, kind of, like, just showed Nikolai, like, gave us more information about, Nikol, like, the way Nikolai felt about his father becoming, like, the king and his brother dying and just, like, I forgot about all that. I mean, that really was just... It was a good little reminder. Yeah. So it was a reminder that we hated Fazili. Yes. And that it was perfectly fine that he died. <laughs> yes. And he was supposed to be king. Yes. So. And they, they were trying to make a plan. They were thinking that he was possibly going to um, not take it. And so they were trying to like come up with some sort of I don't know. Well, Vasily little... was also the one that screwed everything up. Yes, so it wasn't like, it wasn't huh. bad at all that he yeah. that he died. <clears throat> so Vasily died because of his own 
his own plan. He was like, if I remember correctly, he was trying to yes. like be sneaky and like tried and he fell for the Darklings trick. That's what it was. It was something where like he fell with for a trade yes, plan and let. Yes, that's yes. what it was. Yeah. So Vasily died because of his own stupidity. Yep. Um, and now we've got King Nikolai. So it all worked out. It did. So um, the lake was covered in mist, and only when you got closer to the docks could you see Grisha and the First Army engineers working on prototypes of Nikolai's hydrofoil fleet. The real fleet would have to be constructed at a hidden base on Rafka's coast. They both tie up their horses and walk into a hidden cave, and Nikolai finds this little hidden notch within the stones and pushes this divot. It opens up a chamber. He pulls a lever and then slam shut. The door, <laughs> door shuts, and they go shooting down six stories underground. And um, so they're going into Kerrigan's <laughs> infamous wine cellar. Um, and by the way, <laughs> Tolly is not too pleased about this. Um, I won't be either. It, like, I mean, it sounds horrifying <laughs> just to be shot down through the ground. It reminds me of that um, roller coastery thing in the Emperor's oh. New Group. <laughs> yes. Kronk. <laughs> oh, my God. I need to watch that movie. I do, too. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a really long time. Or that horrible ride that I've never, ever, ever ridden. That The they- Tower of Terror? Yep. I, that thing was nothing. It was so nothing. It was so lame. I'm sorry. Is that the thing? <laughs> isn't that the one that like, it's just like you go up in the tower yep. and it just drops you? Yep. Yep. Nope. Mm-mm. See, yeah, I, I hate falling. So I would, I, I didn't want to do it, but I had to do it. And then like halfway through or on the first drop, it was like, oh, all right. Cause it just, it just drops a little bit and then kind of like slowly like stops and then it just like drops again and so it's not like you don't get that feeling of like falling really so um (laughs) the place in st louis six flags is that in st louis Uh uh-huh i am not a big roller coaster fan i am and there was one i did not want to go on and the people i was with forced me to go on it and i was waiting in this line and literally, as I was waiting in the line, I was crying. Oh. Um, I And by the way, I'm like, at this time, I'm probably like 21. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I look like a complete fool. Um, and it doesn't, it, all it was was it was just like the ride that, like, um, swings back and forth. Um, and it's like this big circle that goes around and it just goes like, it's not a lot of fares. But it, like, it goes up and then it's like a pendulum. Okay. But this one was huge. Um, and in St. Louis, like, this one was so high that, like, literally when you got to the top, you saw downtown St. Louis. And, like, I was crying. Like, Is it the one where they put you in the harness? You, you get, And they pull you back like you're, like you would push back somebody swinging? Yeah. It's and just, then let go? Yeah. You're all, like, you're all next to each other in this circle. I mean, it, it looks like nothing. It's just this pendulum. But it just, uh, it goes around and it just goes... But it goes all the way up, oh, okay. and then it goes down. But at the same time, it's also swinging. But it's huge. Gotcha. They have a lot of them at the little, like, county fairs. Yeah. This one was massive, and I was, I've never cried so hard. <laughs> and, like, I was, like, so pissed at my boyfriend at that time who made me do it. And because, like, 
I just was like, I don't like these things. And I like, oh, anyways. Oh. How did we get on that subject? It, it, they fell down six. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to get back to the story. Um, okay. Easter egg time. Um, here's the quote. When the doors to the elevator opened, they exited to another brass chamber, their passage blocked by a thick steel door. Nikolai set to opening the Schuller combination locks he'd learned about from a certain master thief in Ketterdam. Who would that be? Um, uh, hmm. Hmm. Easter egg. Hi, Cass. <laughs> oh, love it. And, um, yeah, so I just, I love that because, I mean, that was just so random and, like, I mean, I... Well, it's one of those fun things where, like, if you know, you know. Because, yeah. like, if you just read that, you yeah. would just skim over it. Right. But because, you know, you're like, oh, yep. hey, Kaz, what's up? Because Kaz is not a part of this story. He's, yeah. like, I mean... Unfortunately. Sorry, hate to <laughs> tell you guys that, but Kaz isn't. So just that little part is yes. just amazing to hear. Um, so anyways, they end up finally... Into in this lab, it's divided up into four parts. One part is for the artillery and body armor. Another another part is like for like the naval warfare. Then they've got the aerial warfare. Like I mean, they've real like I mean they're they're preparing for war. And the labs trying to then also this is an interesting part that I found. Um, they've also got labs dedicated to trying to make an antidote to Jertaparem. And a strain of the drug that would have the that wouldn't have the addictive properties, but would allow the Grisha to manipulate their power, like being on Perm. So that's interesting. Yeah. So they're trying to like really like I mean do two different things: save people from Jirdaparm, but also be able to make a strain that like would enhance their powers. They look around trying to find David Jenya's man, <laughs> and um. Since this place is so big, and it's just hard to find him. And finally, they do. Nikolai sees him, and um, he also looks th- through some glass, and he sees his creation, the Ismarzia. And here's the quote. On land, they look clumsy, wide, flat, and ungainly, like someone had taken a quality piece of metal and pounded it into a wing pancake. But beneath the surface, they became something elegant, sinuous predators that glided through the depths their movements guided by tide makers their crews provided with breathable air through a combination of squalor power and a filter that had taken nikolai and david the better part of a year to perfect the real challenge would be arming the fleet only then would his ships become a true school of sharks after that it wouldn't matter how many warships ravka's enemies built the ismarzia would be able to move through the world's oceans unseen and attack without even servicing they would change the face of naval warfare end quote so that's just obviously they've got like their own submarines or they're making them yes and that leads us to our scene and the end of the chapter where um by the way tara you're playing david and nadia yeah i am (laughs) you got yeah so and i'm playing nikolai and yet again this is it's divided up, but it's more like just a reading um, just because it's important to just, like, get... I just... I like this part. And, yeah. we're That's gonna all that finish. matters. Yeah. So, okay. So, 
A special thank you for our background music created by Kendra Dantes and produced by Year 26. Mm-hmm. And, okay. Curtain up. <laughs> David looked up from where he was consulting with Nadia Zabin over the pendulum and valve system they were developing for missile targeting. They're testing the surface engines today, he said. And good morning to you, David. Is it morning? The sunrise was my first indication, said Nikolai. How do the new missiles look? We're still trying to get them to maintain course, said Nadia, her pale, pointed features tinged blue from the light reflecting off the tank. She was a squalor who had fought beside the Sun Summoner with her younger brother, Adric, but she'd shown her true potential in weapons design. She'd been the integral in oh nope. She'd been integral in the development of the Ismarsia. I think we're close. Though the inventor in Nikolai thrilled at the news, his enthusiasm was tempered by the conversation he'd had with Hiram Shank back in Yvette's. He could practically feel the Kirch breathing down his neck, and it wasn't a sensation he relished. Nikolai had two rules for his non Nikki the scientists and soldiers who labored at the Gilded Bog, his zeros who were neither first nor second army, but both. Above all else, be thieves. Take the work of their enemies and turn it against them. It didn't matter if Ravka got to the technology first, as long as they found ways to make it better. The Fjordans had developed an engine to drive wagons and armored tank battalions. So, the Ravkins had made it powerful enough to move massive ships. The Fjordans had built steel aircraft that didn't require squalor skill to pilot. So, Ravka's fabricator stole the design and constructed sleeker flyers and safer, lighter aluminum. The second rule? Be fast. Fjorda had made huge leaps in military technology over the last year, how he did not yet know, and Ravka had to find a way to keep pace. Nikolai tapped the blueprints on the table. If the fuel tests for the surface engines go well, how long until the Ismarnia are operational? A matter of weeks, said Nadia. Excellent. But we can't put anything into production without more steel. And you'll have it, Nikolai promised. He could only hope he was telling the truth. Thank you, your highness, Nadia said with a smile and a bow. Somehow, she still had faith in her king, but Nikolai wasn't sure if he found her ready confidence reassuring or worrisome. He had always found a way to keep the rusty ramshackle machine that was Ravka grinding along by finding that extra bit of money when they needed it most, making the right alliance at the right time, cobbling together some invention that would make their meager standing army a match to the vast forces commanded by the enemies at their borders. For Nikolai, a problem had always presented an opportunity, no different than the one offered by a Fjordan engine. He stripped it down to its parts, figured out what drove it, then used those pieces to build something that worked for you instead of against you. The demon disagreed. The demon wasn't interested in the problem-solving or statecraft or the future. It was nothing but hunger, the need of the moment, what could be killed and consumed. I'll find a way. All his life, Nikolai had believed that. His will had been enough to shape not only his fate, but his own identity. He had chosen what he wanted people to see, the obedient son, 
the feckless rouge, the able soldier, the confident politician. The monster threatened all of that, and they were no closer to finding a way to drive the thing out than they had been six months ago. What was there to do but keep moving? Less animals whined and struggled when they'd been caught in a snare. The fox found a way out. David, did you sleep here last night? Nikolai asked. The fabricator frowned. I don't think so. He spent the night here, Nadia clarified. He didn't actually sleep. Did you? asked Nikolai. I dozed for a bit, Nadia replied evasively. I'm taking you home to Tamar. But I need her for the fuel test, David objected. And I'm taking you home to Jenya, added Nikolai. But I... Don't argue, David. Makes me want to blow something up to assert my authority. I need the triumvirate together, and I'm going to need you and Nadia to start work on a new prototype of the Ismarnia. Nadia brushed her blonde hair from her eyes. I can start now, your highness. Don't go running off to display your excess, excessive competence just yet. I want you to make sure this particular prototype doesn't work. David began rolling up his blueprints, carefully arranging his pens and instruments. I don't like it when he doesn't make sense. Nadia raised her brows. I assume your highness has a reason? I always do. He would drag the drowning man to shore, kicking and screaming if he had to, no matter what the demon demanded. I'm going to stage a little play, said Nikolai, already imagining a moonlit lake and all the glorious chaos he intended to incite there. That means I need the right props. End scene. End chapter. We take a bow. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> um yes so um anyways thank you for doing yes. two parts um sorry i kind of <laughs> threw that on you and i that's all right yeah i know you did great though <laughs> you really did um so that's where we are so that means it's that time for <laughs> Grisha cast news. Okay, so let's spill some tea, girls. Um, obviously, we got Lee's B Day coming up, and that is April six. And I kind of stopped talking about this because I didn't think anybody really even listened, or cared, or wanted to. But um, people are starting to talk about it again. We wanted to do possibly. A birthday present for her. Um, if you would like to take part in this, that'd be great. If not, no worries. It's just um, there are people that are wanting to, and it's it's taking the it's doing journal entries um, for her from her own book. If you guys like, remember she did her own like little book where she came up with um like it was just like little journal entries and is all had to do with magic and it was actually really 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 cool and so our idea was to take the book the severed moon and to divide it up and if you wanted to write like 200 words on one of the topics that she wrote or she asked to write and we're gonna send them to her so when i first came thought about this idea yeah it was very big and i was like we're gonna have the whole book filled (laughs) and yeah that's not possible there's like 300 pages um so 
if you just want to take part in it, cool. Um, and we're just going to send what we got. I think she'll appreciate it no matter what, because it's, we're going to, it's her fans writing, um, about the topics that she is interested, thinks that we would be interested in writing about to explore our writing capabilities. I think it's a cool idea. We're going to write a couple of them. By the way, you are. Um, <laughs> and uh, Voluntold. Just letting y'all no, know. No, going to do it anyway. But um, <laughs> yeah, and it's only like, it's they're small. Like seriously, like um, if you look at the book, like it's like this big. Um, so I say 200 words max. So that's like, you don't even, don't even have to write that. Um, if you have the book and would like to just pick out your own topic from one of the pages, go for it. If you don't have the book and would like us to pick out a topic, then all you have to do is just email us. We will gladly pick out a couple topics for you. If you don't like it, we'll send you another one, whatever. <laughs> um, but the thing is, I didn't think this was going to happen. And now people are starting to kind of talk about it again. And now it's crunch time. So we really got to like do something about it. So I'm bringing it back up and we will just see what happens. Um, so if you are interested in this um, present that we want to get to her by April 6th, we're going to like, so that means we need a, you need to have things sent in most likely by the end of February. Um, and feel free to do it in your own language too. I know we have worldwide absolutely. listeners. So even if you send it to us in another language other than English, in your own language, we'll pass it along that way. Um, yes. I think that would I mean, that's great. So it doesn't ha even have to be in our language. Yes. And actually, there was someone that did ask if she could do um, a doodle with it. And I now say yes, absolutely. Yeah. If I think you... anything that comes to mind with that prompt, I think, would be would be fun. Exactly. So whatever come exactly, whatever you want to do, go for it. This is just, um, as we said, it's. It's our appreciation for the world she's given us. So it's our gift to her. And I think she'll just love what, no matter what we give her. Yeah. So um, it's just going to be a Grisha cast gift from Grisha cast fans and Grishaverse fans. So um, email us. Um, it's um, really easy. Um, you can email at info at GrishaCast.com or Eric at GrishaCast.com or Terry at GrishaCast.com. That's me. Yeah. Any of us. <laughs> Just send it. Um, and yeah, I am. Um, I'll start shooting out a couple more like Instagrams and maybe socials to remind you guys just to see um, if more people are interested. Um, I think it it'd be really cool. So anyways, done with that. That's um, that's really all the well, no, that's not all the Grishcast news. That's what we had literally as Grishcast News, but Lee um, did put out something today that actually is really important. So um, she put out her first, um, like, longest Instagram <laughs> post, um, and it's actually kind of cool. She's, and I'm just going to read it because I'm not going to try to paraphrase any of this. Two months until Rule of Wolves is on shelves, and I can stop worry about blurting out, and I can't stop worrying about blurting out spoilers. This book is the culmination of so many things that began in Shadow and Bone and Six of Crows. I don't know if it will be the, my last book in the Grishaverse, but I set about writing it as a finale. Less a goodbye than a see you on the other side. 
Starting next week, I'll be partnering with independent bookstores to bring you signed, personalized copies of Rule of Wolves. Here is how it works. Monday through Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'll be posting the name and link to an indie bookstore in my stories. The first 50 people to complete the store's form and pre-order a copy of Rule of Wolves will have their copy signed and personalized. Five stores, 50 personalized personalization slots for each store. And they will be eligible for the delightful pre-order gifts, yes, plural, that will be announcing soon. So make sure to save your receipts. I'll update my stories when, if each store sells out of the personalization slots, and you'll get an email confirming that you nabbed a personalized copy, but the store forms will remain open for regular pre-orders. Also eligible for those delightful pre-order gifts, of course. International readers, we have two stores able to ship personalized copies internationally and we'll be announcing them on January 27th and 29th, so stay tuned. Please note pre-order gifts cannot be shipped to international addresses. I know this is frustrating, but my publisher cannot legally ship outside the U.S. and Canada. I'm I am grateful for every bit of your support, but I have no control over this and neither do the nice people at Fierce Reads. Finally, I'll be donating 10% of my sales from these stores to at Thinking Bink, B-I-N-C, an amazing organization that provides invaluable support to booksellers. So. So there's only, what, 250? Personalized. Personalized. Signed copies. So everybody's going to be fighting. Yeah, and... um. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to that, but we've got, I think the hardest part about that was the beginning where she actually said, like, I don't know if I will, this will be my last book in the Grishaverse. Yeah. But I set about writing it as a finale. Yes. Less a goodbye than a see you on the other side. So that, like, that's what's, like, worrying me. Like, I don't think she's... There's no way she's done with the Grishaverse. But... <laughs> we could be there. We could be at the end. We could be out of a job, girl. <laughs> I know. This could be it. <laughs> Grishcast just gets canceled. <laughs> Sorry. We're just gonna move on. Yeah. We'll do Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord i know we'll move on lord. to your favorite well at least the tv show's coming <laughs> no she's there's no way she's gonna do that but Hopefully. that does give us i think it gives us a little bit of a hint that this is a finale ending to some of to this like i yes. think to like this rounded out story that we've got so yeah she said that it kind of rounded out the um the beginning of Shadow and Bone and, and the beginning Sing- of Six of Crows. So should be interesting. Well, because I mean we've got Zoya and I mean that could mean Zoya and Nina, but I don't know. I don't know. You don't know but see also you guys have to read the end of this book to see where we're going. <laughs> and I was about to spill some tea that would have been really horrible. <laughs> Detrimental. To, to people that haven't read it. So let's just keep reading. 
yep. and we'll get there mm-hmm. and we'll see what she's talking about. And um, anyways, um, yeah. So what are we doing next week? Next week, yeah. I need to shut up. We are <laughs> doing just two chapters. We're doing chapters five and six. You're doing Nina and I'm doing Nikolai. Yeah, we are. Yep. And that's it. <laughs> so um, anyways, it's been great. Thank you guys. Sorry for the extra seven minutes we added to the episode. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been great. We love you guys. And we'll see you next week. Yay. Bye. 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 Like we're at the end of the hour, so my voice is a little husky. A plus. No, no mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at GrishaCast.